0: Thanks for listening to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Keep going. No, I'm good. That's all I had in me right there.
1: We're back (laughs) with another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Um... So I did get a few messages online, which I was very super grateful for, because we're back, officially back. Um, A lot of people tuned in to last week's episode, which we are very, very, very grateful for. Very appreciative. It's what keeps me going. It's what keeps... Brian showing up as well. That's
0: right. You <laughs> I had to drag me away from my computer desk because I was so uh-huh. fix, fixated on Tesla investing in Bitcoin today. <sighs> <laughs>
1: we're not going to go there just yet. Okay. So I promised last week that I would do 10 lessons that we've learned in our 30s. Or, or let me rephrase this, 10 lessons that we're still trying to learn. I don't think we've mastered either one of them, but we're getting there. But I think that they were just like redundant things being slammed in my face or Brian's face and... And we're not alone. I'm sure a lot of people listening will feel the same way too. So we're kind of just jump right in. So number one is to not accumulate stuff and try to acquire more knowledge about things. And this one kind of speaks to me because although I was never very materialistic person, I did tend to realize that why I was gunning for things in my career or why I was so fixated and focused and like so type A personality, was because I wanted things. You know, like I wanted a certain lifestyle. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to turn that into a only reason for working hard, or your only reason for being so motivated and driven, I think is very harmful in the end. And it'll get you. Um the stress of it will kill you you know like you'll be unhappy more you'll realize that this is not for you and the career is not for you because you're you're doing the career and you're working and chasing the wrong things which is ultimately like what I realized because I was trying to get my place in society right I was told growing up that hey if you go to school and you do these things and you get a higher degree and a higher education and you have cars like us and houses like us and vacations like us and this and so that's what I was doing in my 20s um and now After a couple of life experiences in my 30s and a couple of big shakeups, I think I'm at a point where although I still love things, don't get me wrong, and Brian can definitely attest to that, I still love my stuff, but I do spend more time that makes me happier and fulfilled and like reading things, right? Like learning about self-awareness, spirituality, manifestation, um, investing, I'm big into that lately because of Brian, of course. Um it's like new technologies out there. I was never into tech, and now after we got the Tesla, I feel like now all I do is like look at new technologies and like see how they can apply because it actually interests me now. Like I see how it's made my life easier. So the point is to kind of spend your time and money in expanding your mind and your brain towards whatever interests you and don't spend your money on accumulating things. Like if you don't need two cars, then don't keep two cars. You know, if you don't need that vacation home, who are you showing because your neighbor has it? You know, like most of us do things because it's learned behavior. Mm -hmm. We want certain things because we saw someone else has them. Now, here's the difference. You either really, really like it and someone else's life story inspired you to go chase the same things or you're trying to be like them. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to be very self-aware to know the difference between the two. And uh, I just think the minimalistic lifestyle, the minimal way to go – is very helpful in your 20s and 30s. And I wish I knew more of this in my 20s than now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. We got rid of our car. We didn't even need it anymore. You know, whenever we... uh, We have a car. No, I say we got rid of the second car that we had. Oh, yeah. We don't need it anymore. So we actually, like, we... When I started working from home full time, uh before I would go into the office and Nina would be doing her thing. So we had a necessity to have two separate vehicles. But ever since I went 100% remote with everything, I would say... I mean, I barely drive at all anymore. It turned, so you drive the car 90% of the time. I was going to say,
1: it's basically my car. It turned into a thing of after, I mean, in March, I didn't have the slightest idea or clue as to like, this was going to go on for this long. I don't know if anybody did. But once like June and July hit, I, we were, I was, I was pretty confident that this is going to be a long play. You know, the economics and the world and politics are all getting involved This is going to take some time so we sold it with the intention of hey if we need a second car we'll just go buy one Mm -hmm. what's the big deal you know we want to get rid of this car anyway Mm -hmm. so in july we sold it and i for sure at this point was like yeah in the fall we'll probably need two cars and i was kind of scoping them out like which one i wanted what did i want and still i mean brian still works from home i'm still doing things from home and he literally doesn't, he actually needs an excuse to leave the house these days. Like
0: I usually drive just to take a break from being in front at like at home working all day. So if I yeah. want to go out and run an errand or something like that, just get out of the house for a minute. That's usually what I do. But I, it's not like, I mean, people don't have in-person meetings right now still. So like if I like forget really something,
1: yeah, if I forget something, he'll like jump up and be like, I'll go get it. I'll drive. Yeah, I need to get out of the house. I'll go get it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, because I get it. He's just always on his computer, always working from home and- You're right. You guys don't have much of a reason to be out and about, so which was
0: very different than me before. Because when I was in person, I was gone every day, and not only was I in like an office setting working with a bunch of startups, but I was also traveling to different meetings or traveling in and out of town. And so, yeah, like I enjoy working from home. I think it's a much more balanced lifestyle, but it is something that you have to pay attention to the don't become like a prisoner of your own home, right? Like make sure you still get out and about.
1: But here's what I've learned: is that like. It wasn't about, it's not about the finances with the car. It was about we wanted to get rid of it anyway. It was an older car. And then two, I'm just realizing that had I not, I'd be still sitting with that car. Or had I sold it and bought a new one, not being self-aware that we just don't need it, it would lit one of these cars would just sit here. Mm -hmm. Not Two cars would not be being used. And so what? You're paying car insurance, you're paying like upkeep for it. You're paying personal property tax on it every year. And plus the car's getting older. Cars Mm. are not something that appreciate and value whatsoever. So now it's like whenever we do need a second car, I can get the newest car in the market, whatever I want, instead of just dealing with another one or two-year-old car just sitting here during Mm. COVID. So it was just another example of just like kind of, I come to realize like, wow, you know, it was so normal for me to just always have several cars in our house growing up. You know, that was not a... I don't know, it's just a common thing, and now it's like you don't need that much stuff. You don't need things. You can want them. There's nothing wrong with wanting or desiring or working for them and having them, but to break your back or to get stressed about it or to just have it to have it, I'm not for that anymore. Mm -hmm. I really don't think that that's necessary. The second lesson is instead of looking outwards to invest in things, and I'm bringing this up on purpose because... Uh, We're in that industry, right? That you first need to learn how to invest in yourself. And what I mean by that is your health and wellness. If you're not paying, like if you're not ready to buck up the money for healthy organic food at a grocery store, but will blow $300 on drinks on weekends, you better believe that's going to catch up to you in your 30s eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's very important to put yourself, your body, and your mind at the forefront and that should be a priority and nobody in their 20s does that we all think we're like unstoppable and we're the hulk and superwoman and nobody can touch us and we can never get sick and never get hurt and that's not the case after doing that for 10 plus years your body will start to show you and tell you that hey like you got to take care of me too but we choose to spend money on other things um when we're younger right Mm -hmm. or until something happens so i think investing in yourself um and working out in your health and food and diet and nutrition whether that's getting more information whether that's going to holistic doctors wh- whatever that looks like for you that's your choice um, i think that that should be a priority
0: i also think when it comes to investing in yourself and this is something that i put a big emphasis on you should be reading constantly uh and you know whether you consume it through a book or whether you consume, i usually like to do audible um audible like audio books because i can it's because
1: brian can't read
0: I can't read and it's, I feel like I consume that better. I do really well with audio um, and I uh, can get through things faster, but still have really good recall on what I read versus if I'm just reading it, um, it takes me a little bit longer. I go a little bit slower, but for audio, I just, it's programmed in my brain that way. I've been doing it for so many years now, but I mean, I read like a ton of books every year, right? And you listen, I love, excuse me. I listen to a ton of books every year and it's been so valuable. Like there's some weeks where I'll I'll listen to a book a week. You know, And even when working from home, you know I used to always listen when I was driving. So I wasn't listening to music or anything. I was always listening to books just about things that I thought was interesting and new topics. And I've learned so much and expanded my knowledge so much from doing that. But when you work from home, and you don't drive as much with everything. You got to find other unique ways to do it. So now I'll usually I'll listen to books like if I'm working out or if I'm, you know, I take a break for 25, 30 minutes and I'm listening to a book here so I can still fit stuff in.
1: You do it when you're doing the dishes too.
0: do it. Yeah. If I'm uh, taking the dog for a walk or I'm doing dishes or something like that, I'll throw my headphones in and listen to a book mm-hmm. um, just so I'm like learning while I'm just doing a monotonous activity. But uh, that's something I, I find super valuable because you know health and wellness is super important, but so is like exercising your mind in terms of expanding it. So you know, pick some topics that you're interested in, consume podcasts or books or YouTube videos or whatever, um, and just try to get into a routine of doing that because that'll pay dividends over time.
1: The third lesson is that there are enough hours in a day to get whatever it is that you want to get done. It's an excuse. And it's a disservice to yourself, I think, when, you know, we come home and we say, oh my God, we don't have time for this. I don't have enough time for that. Or, you know, you work till six, seven o'clock and you come home and you give up on something that's important to you, like your health or your food, or like, you know, you start to take canned food and boxed food and put it together because you overworked by an hour and now you're like cutting back, you're cutting on your health, right? Mm -hmm. So there is enough time, I think in a day to get everything it is that you want to do to the best of your ability now are there some off days do we always mentally feel up to it you know are we always on our a-game no we're not but i think that that's where you look at each day as like okay i can do the most and the best that i can do Mm -hmm. you know if that means meal planning on a sunday for the rest of the week so that you're not cutting corners on your dinners that's unhealthy for you um then so be it but there are more than enough hours in a day, I think, to get things done, still get eight to nine hours of sleep, and progress in life the way that you want to. I think anything other than that is just an excuse, mm-hmm. Yeah, in my agree. opinion. Um, this is a big one, number four. Only do things that you want to do. So I feel like you're very good at this. You were, and you still are. Um, me I went through like a little bit of a learning thing Mm -hmm. you know I was I got kind of caught up in like listening to what your parents tell you to do and then I did it and then I kind of fluttered around for a second and then I went into like people pleasing mode for a while like what do our families want from us what are the you know all these expectations and now I literally only do what I want to do Mm -hmm. with a lot of respect and love for everyone around me don't get me wrong I don't have any bad feelings but I definitely have a line like There's a line I won't cross and if I start to feel a little bit uneasy or feel like I'm giving too much or I just don't, I'm not in the mood to do something, you Mm. know, I won't do it. Just today, I won't mention it, but just today, Brian and I were talking and there was something that came up and I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I mean, it's just that simple. I don't feel like over, I don't feel like spreading myself too thin now for other things and other people. I feel like I'm the focus until I get myself back on track again. But that kind of bleeds into everything, even what I do career wise, podcast wise, clothing line wise, by Dixon wise, what I do with you, how we run our life together. I feel as though it's kind of going into more of a, I'm learning to honor myself more without feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I was very accommodating and giving, but internally, I had a lot of resentment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so. I think that we should, people, kids should be taught like to follow your own heart, follow your own intuition, follow what it is that you want. And you know what? That fluctuates day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. We change, we evolve. We have new experiences which bring up new desires in our heart. Um, Things change. And so we have to be able to move with ourselves for ourselves.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
1: Uh, This is a good one. I don't follow this one. This is one I'm still learning. Your phone is just a distraction.
0: Phone is just a distraction. Go on, I'll let you.
1: I'll let you just tear into me for this one.
0: <laughs> so, I think that what's happened is that a phone is, for a lot of people, has become like a handcuff, right? Like it.
1: It's my best friend.
0: You feel like I mean, it, it. Well, think about it. We are like bionic at this point, and our phones are an extension of us, right? Like you have your phone on you at all different times, so we're really a levelless. The only difference between being bionic and with your phone is like having it implemented into your body, right? So. Literally, you carry it around, it dictates what you do. You use it for work, you use it for fun, you use it to communicate, uh, to access information. Like there's, I mean, you use it for everything. It's, you got, you know, you got a mini computer in your pocket these days, but I think that you have to be very careful about allowing your phone to use you versus you using the phone. Like a phone is a tool. Um, I also notice in our society, since we have such like a quick instant gratification mindset around things and that's largely to do with social media apps and like the nature of how we communicate with technology
1: while i'm scrolling to instagram right that, now that
0: like people will like expect you to text them back right away when you text them or expect you to call them right back right even if you're like doing something um, or expect you to message them back right away on a social platform i don't like and, that
1: expectation at all
0: but it's it's what exists i agree i don't like you it know either. like so i don't even i don't even mess with it like i have sometimes people will contact and i'll be doing stuff and i finish up what i'm doing before I, you know like i'm not gonna let the phone become a distraction or like you know a slave to the phone but i think um you know what's interesting is everything on the phone for the most part and the way that it interacts with the human brain is built around creating a mechanism for short-term things right like you flick a social media protocol it's a short-term swipe it reprograms your brain it lowers your attention span Like every flick, it's like information, information, information. And I think one of the biggest challenges is like as a society, we should be focusing on investing our energy into creating long-term habits as opposed to short-term habits. And one of the reasons I think we're in a lot of chaos that exists is because everything is so short-term, so instant gratification. And if if you don't even realize how much you depend on your phone, you should delete all your social media apps for seven days. And just don't use it and just see how much you actually reach for your phone and pick it up thinking you're going to go to a social media app and you don't do it because you don't have it on there. Just try it for seven days. You'll be, I think you'll be, most people people will be pretty surprised at how much they depend on it. Um, But at the end of the day, technology is not good or bad. Technology is innate. So you become addicted to it. You're the one that puts that dependability on that device. So you have to be able to recognize that and use it as a tool as opposed to letting that tool use you. And don't forget, if the app you're using is free, you're the product. So they have actually have design people built into creating an experience that pulls you back in there and hits the serotonin and dopamine in your brain to go back and use that app so they can take the data from you using it, market it to you, and sell that to advertisers. So just always think about that. Like if you consistently see yourself going to some app and you're using it all the time and the app's for free, they're monetizing off of you, you know?
1: Yeah, good points number six is the perfect time never comes this is true uh something i have learned time and time again as well uh, i think you're a big teacher in this like when i started when i started writing the book it was like like there's no time like now you know like what are you waiting for when you can write perfectly you know when we have a ghostwriter to write it for us when we have somebody's gonna check the grammar for us like just sit down and do it and this is so true when i started to do the all the instagram stuff same concept i was dragging my feet because I didn't have a perfect-looking feed. I didn't have a color theme. I didn't have, you know, photo shoots lined up. And it was just like, just do it. Like, who cares? Just start. And I didn't need all those things to, to do it, you know? I, it was unnecessary. The same goes for Brian and his career or his stuff in life. I feel like no matter what it is, there is no perfect time to do anything. And I think when we sit back and just wait and ponder and overthink things and try to figure them out till they're perfect, one, you never end up taking action. Mm-hmm. Two, you're wasting valuable time. You're never going to get that time back. And three, I think you have to step back and really look at yourself and question as to what it is, what is it that is making you so fearful from taking a step or from taking that action because usually there's an underlying issue there mm-hmm. that's like creeping up on you. But when you become aware of it and you kind of shine a light on it and you accept it, then it's not going to be so scary anymore for you. Yeah, this is a good one, and you could talk about this one. You should always be willing to take risks and chances in life because you never know where they will take you.
0: True. So, I think one of the biggest challenges for people is comfort, like being comfortable,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? When you're content and you're comfortable and you're not pushing yourself to change or challenge yourself, it's real easy to never grow anymore. And unless you put yourself in the unknown consistently. You you're not going to grow as a person, and so I think like I have I'm a big risk taker. Like I take a lot of risks, and I do it in a very intelligent and calculated way. But I also always analyze like if I'm doing a certain thing for a period of time, and I notice a level of comfort with it, and I don't feel like I'm growing intellectually or spiritually or physically, and whatever that is then i got to figure out what can I do to change that, right? And that doesn't mean change stuff just to change stuff. But, you know, have a very calculated strategy about how you go about it. And, like, if you don't – at the end of the day, all of us are going to die one day, right? So if you're not taking risks towards things that you want in your life, you may not get it your first time or your second time or your third time, but, you know, if you keep going after it what you actually innately want and you take calculated risks to get there, eventually it's going to work. And I think if people um, – You know, if they're not taking these kinds of risks, they are just going to be complacent.
1: Yeah. Um, I also think that with taking taking risks, there also comes a little bit of like when you do start to take risks, you begin to kind of get this confidence in yourself that as you take your risks and then you say, oh, my God, that wasn't so bad anymore. Like, I did pretty well. I landed on my feet. You begin to build this momentum and self-confidence up as you get older and as you take more risks that hey nothing in life is that scary or serious i did it before and i survived and i can do it again so i think risks are like a big a a big mechanism to help you grow um it's something that only you can do only you can push yourself to take these risks and when you do take risks um despite all the fear Um, you're only helping yourself grow more. You're only expanding your life experiences. You're only opening new opportunities and doors for yourself that could be magical. The eighth lesson is you have to learn to love yourself first. So I can speak about this from a more preferred, like females who listen to this podcast. And I'm sure most of us in our 20s, when we were, especially when we were dating, we tended to love the other person and look for that affirmation from the other person, right? I mean, there's not a lot There's not a lot of depth in relationships at a young age, you know, it's just like, oh, you're my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend, but you don't really get that deep, at least most of us don't, I'm sure there's people out there who do, but there's no depth, you know, there's no like life experiences, there's no curveballs being thrown at you, there's no tests being thrown at you as a couple, um, you yourself are still trying to figure yourself out, so there's not much there to shake you up and make you feel one way or another but then we hit our mid to late 20s and then we get married or have serious relationships and then we're 30s and 40s and we have kids and I think everyone learns this lesson at different times in life there's nothing wrong with that but I think the sooner the better if you could just learn that you have to learn to love yourself first you have to Celebrate yourself in your life first. You have to get up and do things for you, not for somebody else. You have to get up in the morning and want to look good and feel good for yourself, not another person. You want to get up and go to the gym and eat right, not for yourself. I'm uh, sorry, not for another person, but for yourself. That's what you want to um, focus on doing things that show love to you. And I feel as though a lot of us in our 20s spend time doing things so that we get love from other people. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, oh, let me get a flatter stomach and like a bigger ass in the gym so that guys like me and I can land a guy. Let me do X, Y, Z and, you know, do really, really good in school so that my parents will get me this and they'll approve of me. Let me go Let, do me, let me take a video
0: of myself on Instagram with a very serious face that people think looks good, but it really looks ridiculous. There's <laughs> just like all these
1: little things that our society has kind of programmed us into that we're doing things to kind of We're looking for that love from other people. We're looking for those likes on Instagram, right? Those likes, those comments, and those hearts, and all that stuff. And I feel as though that that's not the way that's always going to leave you empty. You will always feel empty. And if you think you don't feel empty right now, guarantee in a few years you will. Like, it catches up to you Mm -hmm. eventually. And I think you have to learn to just, like, I'm living for me. I'm doing this for me at all times. Mm -hmm. Whether you're in a relationship with your family, with your siblings, with your husband, your wife, your boyfriend... Your family members, your extended family members, you have to like love yourself first and be very rooted in yourself and spend this time in your 20s and 30s being that, you know, that like no matter what, I love me and that's how I show up. And what's funny is that when wh- there's a study out there, actually, girls who were like this, who were raised this way, um, tended to not have a lot of bad relationships or have abusive relationships Mm -hmm. because they love themselves so much they never put up with crap they weren't insecure they didn't have self-confidence issues they always did put themselves first and didn't take crap so they didn't really go through bad experiences when it came to boyfriends Mm -hmm. pretty much okay this ninth lesson this is going to be i think this will be a controversial one because i think some people will will roll with it but i think others won't I am halfway there with this one but I feel as though I'm still learning this one and grasping this one because I have moments of this Mm -hmm. where it comes up and then I have moments of where like this is untrue for me so with others or like in a marriage or relationship love is not enough is like the lesson
0: what do you mean by that?
1: so you can't just be Romeo and Juliet and think like you love each other and you can get through anything. Oh, I got you. Okay. Okay. Or, you know, you're you're with your siblings and you just love each other and you can get through anything. I think you need a little bit more than that. I think you need a lot of self-awareness, a lot of self-love, a lot of resilience, a very optimistic, positive attitude. You need a lot of emotional intelligence and strength, I think, to get through things I don't always think that love is enough to pull through, but then there are, and I think it depends on the instance, right? But then there are things that can happen where it's just like, oh wow, I just love this person so much, I'm gonna do this, or I'm not gonna give up on this. But then there's other times where someone could do something, and you're just like, yeah, I love him, but I'm not gonna put up with that. I love him, but this is not the life I want.
0: Yeah, I think the the way that I think about things a lot from this perspective is that you're inter like when you're in a a relationship like that it's like you're in a partnership right and you if you look at it from a partnership perspective like and i think about that like from a business perspective or a legal entity perspective like you're no longer yourself right like you're no longer your own thing you have a larger entity which is this relationship it's two people within this relationship and so you now have to look at the world and make decisions based off what's best for this partnership, not what's best for you individually, right? There's a huge shift that occurs. And when you start looking at things that way, you become more conscientious of, you know, get like working with the other person for certain things that happening. Like, you know, if I'm, this may be a decision before that you made on your own. Now it's something that you should probably get input from the other person from. And when you think about it that way, like over time, you know, you can love somebody to death, but that doesn't mean that you can just go do whatever you want, right? Just because you love somebody. You got to make sure you evaluate everything like you're a team and everything that you do and objectively figure out what's best for both of you collectively to evolve and grow within that relationship.
1: Yeah, I agree. And there's there's also things that come up like, yes, maybe five years ago, you all agreed on something like, I want to live here or, I, I want ki-, or we want kids or we want this and whatever that is. But then like five years down the road, one of you changes. That happens a lot and there's nothing wrong with that. If you in a couple of years change and have different desires or have a different dream and your partner can't move along with you or doesn't want to, I'm nobody to judge that part. But that's where you have to realize that love is not enough to keep people together. You know, like that's that could split people up. And I think that's where you need more within you and within your relationships with whomever or your family or your husband or your wife whomever that you need a lot more you need emotional intelligence you need resilience you need to be able to step back and say okay is this something I can give up for us and then you know you got to like work through that and it's like kind of a mind game you know like I'm sure someone who's not married and has you know hasn't found their person yet but has this like dream of a perfect marriage yeah, it's, it'll be your perfect marriage. It won't be a perfect marriage, but it'll be your definition of perfect. That is possible. Mm-hmm. But to think that love is enough and you can get through anything, I don't think that right, that's... Right, and you also
0: can't come into anything, I think, with a mindset that everything's going to be perfect all the time. There's going to be serious challenges in any relationship, even if you have a great relationship. And that that those challenges could face you in a million different ways, right? Yeah. And so you just have to be able to embrace that and have a mindset of... Okay. No big deal. It's an obstacle. We're going to overcome that together and be able to do that and move forward.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. Okay. This is our last one. Uh, learn to break your routine. So I was a big on routine in all of my, in my twenties, pretty into like my early thirties too, where I was like, get up 5am workout Mm -hmm. by six, like same protein shakes, same pre-workouts, same everything same workout sneakers for this day for this day for this day and it's just like a routine Um, and now I have learned that those routines don't serve me that's not for my highest and best anymore and I should have been more conscious of my day-to-day it worked for a year it worked for five years but now as I got older it's like I should have been evolving and I should have been more conscious of what I'm doing and say hey is this working for me Mm -hmm. is this still healthy for me is this what my body's asking for am I just doing it because I'm You you become
0: on autopilot after a while.
1: Yeah, agreed. So I think you should always check and see, like, can I make my routine better? Can I add things? Can I take things out? Can I learn something new? You know, if you eat the same freaking salad for lunch all all the time, change it, please. That's not healthy for you. Um, If you're always drinking the same proteins or the same things, you're using the same products. I mean, everything. Your body gets used to anything. You, your mind gets used to everything. And I think to expand and to grow... Uh, you need change. So learn to break your routines.
0: I also think it's important to note that routines are great. Like routines are how you can build yourself over time. So if you are stuck in a certain kind of routine, um, just change up the thing about the routine. Like for example, I work out like five to six days a week, right? Um, Usually in the morning, but like I'll do a routine of something for a period of time. But now I'm getting in a much better habit of like each week, Although I'll be like exercising the same types of things, I will switch week by week. So I'm not doing like a dedicated routine for like eight weeks in a row. It's like I'll do the same body parts every week, but I'll do completely different frequency of uh, types of things and sets and reps and all these different things that I'm doing. And that I've noticed when you start doing that, it provides so much change within the routine that you have that your body starts you, I can't adapt, right? So you're constantly challenging in different ways, and I think that applies to everything. Like if you're used to getting up and doing, you know, a certain thing every single morning and in, in a certain sequence, shift it around. Go outside and go for a walk one morning and completely throw yourself off your normal programming, and then come back in and maybe do that sequence in the evening or something you know just flip it around
1: that's a good point try going for a walk for 15 minutes before your work day starts or before you go into the office just give that a shot I actually had done that a few times you totally took me back to like 2014 here um, I was really stressed out at work one year and I just remember doing just this because I was in that like Steve Jobs mentality like wear black all the time same thing don't make too many decisions in the morning like optimize your level you know what I mean like I was just like go 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 and I had read oh man who's Maria Forleo I think it was her name and she said I like to shake shit up I like she's like a very she's like a spunky little girl and she's like I like to shake shit up and she said that one day she she was in a hotel traveling doing tours and instead of doing her normal routine before going on stage she went for a walk outside and normally she said she's uptight she doesn't want to miss it you know she has to be at backstage and be miked at a certain time and all this stuff and she's like I just went for a walk and she's like and I came back for, when I was on my walk forgot that I even had a show to do came back and I was just like energized like so clear-headed new things came out of her mouth on stage it was like a very successful show and so I remember for a while I was on a kick of going for a walk uh, before my, uh, before I went into the office and it works. It absolutely works. I think if you get up and do something different, you actually tend to perform better all day. Um, I would do that, but it's like one degrees outside right now, so I've got to figure out something else to do. But I feel as though even if you had a matcha latte instead of a coffee, you know, or had fruit instead of your toast or had like made something fancy for yourself in the morning instead of the same old stuff. Just like change things up um, knowing that one, it's good for your health to do that and two, it's going to help you mentally throughout the day as well. Mm -hmm. And it'll teach you to break routine and other things too. I have one last one and I know a lot of people might not agree with this one, but it's a near and dear one to me. It's something I have been following. I've been trying to do it since I was about 25. I'm 32 now. So I've been trying to do it for a while, and I feel as though I kind of came at a point where the universe just slapped me in the face and said, come on, wake up. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, I had been trying to just like flat out quit drinking, just completely quit. And I never had a drinking problem, don't get me wrong. I guess high school, college, law school, absolutely. But I was actually still... one.
0: Not absolutely you had a drinking problem. Absolutely you would just socially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) The way you just said that made you be like, I didn't have a drinking problem. Well, Actually, I did (laughs) in high school (laughs) and college. (laughs) No,
1: I was always the one person in our group of friends, no matter which school I was at, that I was the one who'd be home quicker, could get drunk off the least amount of drinks, and could only handle like once a week. I couldn't go out like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or like thirsty thursday and whatever friday was whatever saturday and flashy stuff. friday yeah i couldn't do Swimmy all that Fred. never could <laughs> it's not in my genes it's not in my blood we're not drinkers it's just how it is but when you saw me out partying you wouldn't think that you couldn't tell but um yeah it was in my second year of second year of law school i think i went on this huge binge of like i'm just not touching alcohol for a year and i did i, I didn't do it for a year it was really good then I moved to Philadelphia, I tried to pull it there too for about six months. I always went through bouts of it, like six months to a year, six months, eight months, and I'd fall off the wagon here or there. And moved to St. Louis, had a tough time here because I was trying to make new friends. I was meeting Brian's friends and family. I, you know, I was kind of like socially anxious with all of that. So I would have a drink here and there. But uh, this year, with all of my health stuff that happened in, in April, I feel as though, one, I don't even, oh, just the thought of it makes me nauseous. My, my stomach cannot handle that right now. But um, I haven't touched it. And since I've been doing the Viome gut test, I, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you probably know it. it's just this gut intelligence test that you take. I cannot and should not be drinking that because of the sugars and whatnot in it and all the processed chemicals in it that completely disrupt your gut bacteria. So for me, that's just not good right now. Furthermore, I also found out in between all this that I have this gene mutation that doesn't methyla- methylate properly, mm-hmm. and alcohol needs to be methylated in your body. So things like folate and alcohol, my body won't break down properly, at mm-hmm. least until my diet and my gut are optimal. So I need to just hold off for a little bit longer. But here's what I've noticed, that I, we were out last night, actually, for the Super Bowl, and... I felt zero pressure to drink. Zero. Mm -hmm. It didn't even cross my mind until we were all sitting down and we were talking to the other couple about it. And I was explaining to them how like, wow, I'm sitting here and I'm just sipping on tea, you know? And, And no one even noticed. Like it wasn't even something that like... We also weren't in an environment when... I mean, nobody
0: was drinking there, so... It
1: wasn't, no, but like it's the Super Bowl and still like normally... I've been there before and I've had a glass of wine. You know what I mean? Like it was still a place where like you would Like, you still would. You know what I mean? And so, like, I just wasn't feeling the push to do that. And afterwards, where we were going to go, that would be an environment. And I, like, was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. It's okay. So what I'm trying to say is my lesson here was when I would fall off the wagon off of something that I wanted to do for myself, that was all because of my own, like, oh, I feel weird or people are judging me or whatever, you know? And that, this is just a learning lesson for me that now I'm at a point where it's like, it's about my health and I want to speed this process up as quick as I can. I don't want to backtrack on it. So I'm not going to do it no matter what. But here's the thing. There is nothing better than like being home. Well, we came home at like 8.30 last night. Being home at like 8.30 30 taking a shower, washing your makeup off, getting in your clothes and just slapping yourself on the couch and watching a show and then waking up and feeling amazing. Like nothing beats it. I woke up today and didn't miss a beat to my day. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't sit there and pop in like Airborne or Tylenol's or like green tea or this. No, I went on about my day like a normal person, like completely healthy, completely with it, not lagging in anything didn't skip anything, didn't feel like shit all day, didn't sit here and complain to my friends that I'm feeling like crap. Like I don't know as I get older, I feel that like those are the moments where when I can go out and have a social life and still come home, and be coherent and still wake up the next day and be a happy healthy person that Mm -hmm. to me was a successful weekend that to me was like saw the friends went out even got home at time got all my stuff done and feel great about myself Mm -hmm. and physically my body feels good too I feel like that there's just there's no price on that anymore for me so I mean hats off to you if you can do it I mean trust me I don't think that If I didn't feel this way or get all these, like, issues this year, I don't think I would still be sitting here and saying that I'm not drinking. I think I would have had a drink last night. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I am going through this, I'm taking it as okay. The universe is trying to show me something. Like, hey, Nina, you've been wanting to do this forever. And you're the person, you're standing in your own way. You give in every time. Why? When you can totally go and have a good time and no one's going to judge you for it and you're not going to be awkward And you can come home and still have an awesome time and feel as though you've still got a handle on your friends and family too. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't, it just doesn't have to be one or the other. And so I think that that's a big lesson. And I know that I'm saying this, but I'm sure there's at least one person out there who feels the same way. People who want to quit drinking, who want to like maybe go down to like once or twice a week or maybe even just once once every few weeks they want to go out and have drinks. But no one is actually able to do it because socially they don't know how to order a water Um, over a glass of wine because everyone else at the table is having wine Mm -hmm. you know and there's older people who think like this too it's not just us in our 20s and 30s so I think we have to learn that you know learn to stand your ground love yourself first say no to drugs and alcohol (laughs) say no to things if you want to say no is what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. like follow your own follow your own path with this because that's going to be what's best for you in the end what about you you're not drinking either
0: yeah, no, I probably haven't drank since. I mean, it's got to be like eight, seven months, maybe. Something no, like dude, there.
1: you went out several times. Six or seven months. It's
0: been a while since I have. I think the last time was like July or August.
1: Yeah, like you were. It was summertime, I think. Yeah, July or August.
0: It's like six months, six or seven months. Um, so. Yeah. That's the longest you've gone in your life. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. No. You it's lush. Good. You feels yeah, right. <laughs> it feels uh feels good you know i don't ever really, i don't even think about it anymore like even when i go out i don't even i have zero desire to do like drink at all i after a while it just be, you just become like your new normal is like being able like nina said to wake up on time and i can get my workout in and i never one thing you notice too as you get older that like i never was a person that liked to like go have a beer at dinner or that if i was going to go do something i would go out like and hang out and like party one night right and then i wouldn't do it again for a while with that one night, I would have like two or three days of not feeling great, right? Same. It's like it's yeah. like your hangover lasts an extra couple days, and that just isn't fun. But uh now that I haven't done it, I like literally never think about it, like whatsoever. Yeah, which is good. I think it's a good thing. It's just evolution, you know. Feel better, Betty. Better for my body, Betty. For, better for my mind, for sure. Betty, Betty. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting
1: here just staring at you. Didn't I'm even notice. <laughs> uh
0: No, I just, I've noticed a huge improvement since I kind of. Just stopped, right? And I don't have any desire to do it. Yeah, like I have not had one single urge to go out, and even if I do go out or meet people, I haven't had an urge to order a drink whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I just think that we need to br- we need to make that the cool thing to do. You know, like when there's people at a table and asking, like, why aren't you dr-? no one did this to me? By the way, nobody has been asking me, and I think it's people know what I'm going through. But like that is kind of why I used to give in. You know, it's like, why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And I just I don't think that should be the social norm. Drinking should not be a social norm. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel as though like that, why do we focus on that with people? Why do we look at what they're drinking or eating? That's weird. Yeah. You know, like let people be. And to those people who are secretly trying to quit or wanting to slow down, do it. Mm-hmm. And do it for yourself. Like it goes along with the other lessons here. Like love yourself first, only do what you want to do. And if stopping alcohol is one of them, go get it
0: yeah not a big deal at all no i think a lot of people make it out to be a bigger deal than what i did actually is. that's that was my point and i don't think you necessarily say that i mean i think people should do what they want to do that's the biggest thing i believe in right and if you want to go have a drink over drink but Who brian cares? in
1: all honesty you even told me yourself this is a couple years back where you're like "Hey, when i go out with like all my guy friends i don't want to hang out with them and like not have a drink and not have a good time
0: i used to think that way yeah i don't anymore I used to kind of think that way where Oh,
1: so you're telling me that if you go to Kansas City you won't have drinks?
0: No. I I've, I've, I've had a desire to do that. Really? Um, yeah, not whatsoever. I think it was before it was just like because so if you're going to go out with and your people are like actually going out for the evening and they're looking to have like a good time, uh you, it's it's annoying to be out if you're not, right? Because then like people will be drinking for a while and then all of a sudden it's like you're not and it's just in your the environment becomes annoying right to the point where you want to remove yourself so then i kind of went through a phase and i was just like i'd just rather not go out at all because i'm focusing on other things right but now it's like if i want to go see somebody i can totally do that and i don't have to worry about it like i've reached a point where it's like i just have it's like it's not a distaste for it it's more just like a non-thought whatsoever
1: i found a trick though it's you don't go out well first of all we're 32 and 33 we are not going out to bars and clubs anymore but yeah, you're,
0: you're talking like we're like 21 years old yeah
1: i know but it, here's the trick is only ask people to go to dinner or lunch or have them come over and hang out you know what i mean like let's make this like <laughs> grade school fun again <laughs> play twister you know come play like, twister. like you gotta go back to like those kinds of days and like get creative here but um it's totally doable i mean it's definitely doable but that's all we have for you guys today we're a little bit spent today. It's Monday night. This thing goes up tomorrow morning and um, I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope it was valuable for you. And as always, reach out to me, Nina Pal Dixon on my Instagram. Oh yeah. Brian got rid of his, by the way. So I'm yeah. sorry. You, got, girls, you guys can't DM, you can't DM him anymore.
0: I can't creep down on the DM. No. But uh, I removed all my social profiles Uh for the time being, so...
1: This means I'm single on Instagram. That's right. <laughs> Nina, like, yeah. Nina is ready to rumble.
0: <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I removed all of my stuff, but you can still contact Nina through her handles.
1: Yeah. Go home, me out some more right there.
0: There you go. Go for yeah.
1: it. At Nina Pal Dixon. Nina Pal Dixon. Um, send us your stuff. And I'm also going to be working on updating our website, putting our stuff up there as well this week. Um, there's, there's, like, over... 90 comments in the last two months on under our episodes in the website that I have to get to. Really? Yeah. I was like looking through them today and I was like, Jesus. So for all of you guys who are doing that, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, They were all really kind words. I didn't really come across anything mean, surprisingly. You
0: never know. If there's
1: one in there, though, I'm not approving it. It's probably me. Just so you know. Probably me just to see if you call. (laughs) it. There's a mean comment on our website. I'm not approving it. Uh, It
0: was probably me talking shit about myself. And so you can go in and look at it and be like, Brian, somebody really doesn't like you.
1: That wasn't even (laughs) me. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot.